the Exorcist was damaging to Ouija board sales because obviously the Exorcist was a global phenomenon. It disturbed people beyond belief. People were passing out. People were throwing up in the cinemas and stuff. I can't imagine it would do amazing for sales. No. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the Drip Podcast. I'm joined by Lozzie on this Thursday show. I just want to say thanks for listening or watching, whichever you do. I just want to let the uh, viewers know that you can actually listen to this on any podcast platform now. Literally any podcast platform you have, we are on there. And vice versa, if you ever want to watch us, come over to YouTube, come over to Facebook, and you can watch us. And if you want to support the pod and get bonus content, become a patron over on patreon.com forward slash duty rhino so today Loz, i wanted to do this for a while to be honest to have a little deep dive into the origins of the ouija board nice yes first of all what are your thoughts on ouija boards uh in terms of a, a method to contact you know spirits or whatever I don't rate it that much. And I don't feel like I'm alone on that um, trail of thought in the team. I feel like most of us think it's probably the weakest part of any investigation is whenever we get a Ouija board up. Also for you, I know it is an absolute pain to edit. It's boring um, a lot of the time. Yeah, and it's also boring to participate, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah. I just don't feel like... Because of how long it takes for to get a reaction or to get an answer to a question um i just feel like it just doesn't make sense a lot of the time like you'll be asking a different question and then it starts to move is it responding to the question you're about to ask or is it responding to a question you asked two minutes ago you don't really know it's it's kind of like a bit up in the air with a ouija board but yeah they've been around for a long time though Um, they have they have developed a kind of um also a reputation everyone's like oh like a lot of people are like no i don't fuck with ouija boards yeah please don't you know i found a lot of skeptical people like you know a lot of people in the comments that you know don't believe or whatever but they still wouldn't mess with a ouija board which i find fascinating um i remember when i was a kid i have a very very bad memory of um finding out what a ouija board was you know like you used to play out with like the kids on your street or whatever yeah and uh, i played out with um they were twins jamie and scott no not jamie and scott jamie and joshua their surname was scott i I believe Uh, i believe jamie and joshua um they were a couple of years older than me and um yeah they just told me about this ouija board thing that can be used to like contact the dead and that and the thing and that sort of scared me because I was only like six or seven. But the thing that got me was, I think it was Josh said, uh, he said, now that you know that it exists, you can never forget it. And that really scared me. I don't know why. I was only a little kid and I ran home and I cried. Oof. And so that was my first. And so I never, mate, I never, ever, ever thought that I would fuck with a Ouija board based on that experience as a child um but evidently i did and um we have had some pretty cool experiences on them but just of late 
you know, when I say of late, I mean the last few months, just nothing, just nothing. And you sat there for ages, man, you know. Yeah. So what I find interesting, I know I've, I've watched some videos on the science behind like micro tremors and that, which I think may be brought up today. I don't know. We're going to read an article about the history of, of the board. Um, but I know that, that can certainly be the case. But is it also a case of, you know, a bit like the Dybbuk box. I did a video on the Dybbuk box because the history actually turned out that the person that invented the idea of the Dybbuk box just made it up for an eBay description to sound yeah. good and sell, you know. Mm. Um, that's not to say that there isn't potentially much like with the Dybbuk box. Okay, so the, the concept of the Dybbuk box was made up. However, I do believe in haunted items and therefore I do believe that you can possess a box, right? So the idea is there, much like, you know, you can have a seance and I guess, although the board potentially is nothing intrinsically paranormal, the idea of the seance is still, you see what I mean? So perhaps yeah, yeah. even though it's only a piece of cardboard, it can be used as a conduit. Who knows? But all I know is, you know, I cut the maid's head. I cut the Ouija board out because fucking nothing happened, you know. And it's yeah. not if nothing happens, I'm happy to leave things in. But I just find it boring to even watch, you know. So yeah, yeah very interesting, very interesting. But right, okay, let's let's crack on with this article by Baltimore Magazine. We're going to dissect the article. We're going to chat about it as we go along. Okay, so. After 125 years, I didn't know that it had been long, around that long, the Ouija board's Baltimore origin story has been unraveled. Research shows it works too. Kind of. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh. Charles Kennard always had his eye out for a chance to make a buck, but he was not the greatest nor the luckiest businessman. It appears that he wasn't the most honest guy either. The second child of a successful Delaware merchant... Kennard moved to Maryland's eastern shore in the late 1880s after developing secret bone mix recipes for fertilizer. So he's a snake oil salesman, basically. In, fa in, fa in fairness, everyone in the fertilizer business claimed a secret recipe. Following initial success, his Chestertown plant went to auction due to a combination of drought, competition, and debt. But all was not lost. A, per a Prussian immigrant named E.C. Reich kept an office next to Kennard's on the first floor of the four-story wood frame hotel in Chestertown's tiny business district. A furniture maker turned coffin maker turned undertaker. Not an atypical career progression for the day. Reich was also an inveterate tinkerer and Kennard had another plan. Backstory. Two generations earlier, a pair of girls in the upstate New York named the Fox Sisters claimed to be mediums able to interpret mysterious knocks from the other side, had launched a spiritualist movement that continued to hold sway across the country. In fact, in the aftermath of the Civil War, with so many husbands, fathers and sons lost in conflicts, bloody battles, spiritualism, the belief the dead can speak to the living, had only gained steam with people's desperate for connection to departed loved ones and greater meaning for their own lives. That's the biggest thing for me is yeah you know with with a lot of people i mean with us myself certainly you were skeptical 
looking to see if there was an there is an answer there is a difference between being skeptical and looking for an answer and being desperate to find one yeah there is there's quite a big difference yeah you're honest yeah absolutely like you know if i tell you to look around your room and tell me everything that is brown you will identify everything that is brown do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if that's what you're looking for you might find it if you're desperate for an answer from a Ouija board, you may not even realize, but you may be pushing towards the answer that you want. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Potentially, it's all you know. This is just we're just you know looking at both sides of the fence here. But I find that very interesting that you know when this all kicked off, like I say, it was a peak of spiritualism. There's a lot of people hoping to to contact the other side, to contact their loved ones. So yeah, very very interesting. So. Uh, it's in this context in 1886 during the period Kennedy and Reich shared a hallway that newspaper reports began appearing about a talking board phenomenon sweeping Ohio, including an Associated Press story that ran in the local Kent County news. It's also about this time, according to a later Baltimore American story, that Kennedy and Reich, most likely inspired by the AP account, began collaborating and making at least a dozen of their own talking boards so they didn't invent it but they maybe they just like reimagined the wheel right the biggest coffin maker in town is making these on the side explains robert merch the world's foremost talking board historian and it's these prototypes that became the ouija board but it's kennard when he leaves chestertown for baltimore in 1890 where he continues in the fertilizer game and starts a real estate business who begins pitching what he says is his talking board invention to potential investors. I guess this is the other thing around that time, you know, obviously, evidently, there was no fucking internet, you know. Yes, yeah. there was there was newspapers and stuff, but a lot of them were local. So if you, and especially the size of America, if you discovered something in one state, sorry, that's my alarm for a plank, fuck's sake, that's going to go off again in a minute. Sorry, guys, that, I'll tell you what, as much as I've been loved doing the plank and it has increased my core strength considerably in the, in the last three weeks, doing just four minutes a day, it does interrupt things. Um, right. It's going to go off again in about 30 seconds, by the way. Um, but yeah, if, if you discover something on one side of the country, you could, in theory, fuck off to the other side of the country and just, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, it was... Steal the idea. Literally, probably good business yeah. doing that. You take it, take it somewhere else, make it bigger than where you found it, and then you sue them. Yeah. After numerous rejections, Elijah Bond, a local attorney who claimed his sister-in-law was a strong medium, finally took an interest. Soon enough, the Kennard Novelty Company, which incorporated the day before Halloween 125 years ago, began manufacturing Ouija boards much as they appear today. I must admit, you know, I've got a couple of Ouija boards, and um, yeah, they do kind of have a specific design, don't they? They They have that look to them. Uh, Bond was right about his sister-in-law too. Helen Peters proved convincing enough with Kennard's new talking board to win over a sceptical US patent office. She not only gets credit for earning the stamp of legitimacy from the federal government, certifying the board delivered as promised, but also for receiving the O-U-I-J-A name from the board itself, which told her the strange word meant good luck. So, I love how it got the stamp of legitimacy certifying that the board does what it says it will do. Yeah. So that's like, there's no doubt, this will contact the dead. If that's oh, yeah. what you want, 
this is the thing you need. I didn't know that Ouija meant good luck. I didn't either. Does it say on the on the actual board itself? It does it say good luck? Uh, I think goodbye. It, yeah, goodbye. In, it says here, in truth, the name Ouija was written on the necklace locket that Peters was wearing at the time, so it might not mean good luck after all. So yes, an undertaker and an opportunist named Kennard invented the only patented board game billed as both a mystical oracle for communicating with the spirits and wholesome amusement, ever to outsell Monopoly in a given year. Does that mean Jeez. never to outsell? Ever to outsell? Does that, does that mean every year it sells more than Monopoly? Probably I does. Ever to outsell. But I don't know if they meant never to outsell. But why would they put that? Yeah, why would they I've, be like... Maybe the aim was to try and outsell Monopoly. Maybe that's like the intent was like, right, let's make this big. But because it, uh, it said in a given year, I feel like it means it sold outsold Monopoly every single year. That's pretty nuts. If that's true. Could you that Google that? Yeah. It comes straight from the 19th century seances, says Nick Ricketts, curator of the National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, noting that a glow-in-the-dark board and a classic version are still sold today. There has never been another brand board game like it, and I don't see it fading away anytime soon. The story of the Ouija board, however, is more than a tale of snake oil salesmen duping the Victorian masses or subsequently a game of harmless fun at a million junior high sleepovers. While it remains an amazingly enduring pop culture phenomenon tied to the rise of the horror movie slash paranormal industrial complex, its saga is also about the universal desire to find answers to life's biggest questions, the history of psychology, and even the development of neuroscience. It's always been a board game, a parlour game, but it has always been more than a board game for some people too, Merch says. In the 19th century, people had a much different relationship to death than we do today. It was much closer to their everyday experience. Now we do everything we can in hopes of avoiding ageing, let alone engage in any real thoughts of death. But in the 1800s, people only lived to be about 50 years old. Mothers would have 12 children, and six of them would die. Their parlour rooms were also their funeral rooms. Not surprisingly, perhaps, there's a dark side or two buried in Ouija's origin story. There always is when money is at stake, and by the early 1890s, some 2,000 Ouija boards were already being sold a week. Wow. Okay. Fuck, I thought he was going to say by the early 1890s, 2,000 had been sold. That's crazy. 2,000 sold a week. William Fold, who worked for and invested in the Kennard Novelty Company and eventually gained control of the Ouija business after the founder cashed out too early, went on to make millions manufacturing the board in Baltimore and elsewhere, but only after his brother was cut out of the company. Their ensuing lawsuits were no mere spat. William's brother Isaac became so embittered that he had his baby daughter exhumed and relocated from the Fould family gravesite during a cemetery renovation. The two sides of the family would not speak for 96 years that's crazy <laughs> that is pretty nuts yeah 
and tragically, William Fuld would suffer a fatal accident at his Harford Avenue factory, one he claimed in a 1919 Baltimore Sun story that the Ouija had told him to build. Prepare for big business. Overseeing the installation of a flag, an iron railing gave way and he fell off the roof of the structure which still stands and has been converted into a senior apartment complex. On his deathbed, the coroner's report said a broken rib pierced his heart. He made his children promise to never sell the Ouija out the family, says Merch. Of course, Ford's family did sell. But not for four decades, to Parker Brothers, which promptly moved Ouija to its base of operations in Salem. In 1967, the first year it was headquartered in the town, infamous for its witch trials, Ouija sold two million boards. By comparison, Monopoly, an early version was invented in 1903, wasn't popular until the Great Depression, when it fulfilled a kind of fantasy escapism. Ouija, on the other hand, was a sensation from the outset, long before even its first film appearances, which date back to Hollywood's beginnings. But Ouija's public image has always been complicated. Initially, the mysterious oracle was marketed as a game to enliven a party or encourage a little light-hearted intimacy for romantic or would-be romantic couples, who were often depicted in early advertisements with the board resting on their knees as they sit across from each other, both of their hands on the planchette. Norman Rockwell, who was fond of depicting the revealing moments of everyday life, painted a well-dressed suitor and young woman, chairs pulled face-to-face, playing with a Ouija board for the cover of the Saturday Evening Post in 1920. If you just scroll up, lots, you can actually see some of this imagery, I think. Uh, just with the air, you see them there, just like sat opposite each other and stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't always all doom and gloom with a Ouija board, which is rather interesting. So... Yeah. Less well known is the Ouija board's use as inspiration or as an automatic writing tool by acclaimed novelist and poet such as Sylvia Plath, who wrote Dialogue Over a Ouija Board and Pulitzer Prize winner James Merrill. Merrill used notes from Ouija's consultations in his 560-page epic poem, The Changing Light at Sandover, which contained messages from W.B. Yeats, Friend Meyer, Derren, and the Archangel Michael. Okay. So you managed to get Archangel Michael on the board. That's it. The dream. To go to, um, I think you, you read out something very similar, but I was just looking at the sales of um, oh, yes. Ouija board against Monopoly. I did say by the late 1960s, sales of the Ouija board rivaled that of the America's best-selling board game Monopoly. So even in the 60s, when we're, we're at like in the time period now where are we like 20s the early... yeah so by the 1960s it was still holding pace with monopoly bloody hell which obviously monopoly would have gained massive traction because it only was like developed in 1903 i said it yeah I think it said um so yeah that would have exploded and even in the 1960s still out I wonder how well they say sell today i mean you can get like one on amazon and stuff so doubt it's i reckon it's probably quite hard to track but yeah yeah, it's fascinating. I'm actually looking to make my own Ouija board, by the way, guys, as a little uh, novelty item. A drip, drip uh, Ouija board in talks with people to get that done. Um, but yeah, that would, be cool. that would. But over time, 
The relative innocence of the Ouija board, or at least its non-partisan relationship between good and evil, gave way to a more sinister reputation as Hollywood began utilising it for darker purposes. After The Exorcist, in which actress Linda Blair's character Regan explains to her mum, played by Ellen Burstyn, how she used the family's Ouija board to ask questions of Captain Howdy, the demon who eventually takes possession of her soul, the board's occult status was cemented. I wonder, and it may tell us this in a moment, but it may not, I wonder if The Exorcist was damaging to Ouija board sales because obviously The Exorcist was a fucking global phenomenon. It disturbed people beyond belief. People were passing out. People were throwing up in the cinemas and stuff. And if you think like people had that reaction and then thought, well, all of that was caused because she fucked with a Ouija board. Yeah. I can't imagine it would do amazing for sales. No. You kind of... Because before this, before this, they were talking about how it was kind of not really... I mean, they did mention contact in the dead, but there were people using it. It was used as like a romantic thing in some yeah. corners of the globe. Um, so to have that massive swing of it now just being associated with only paranormal stuff. Yeah. You know, okay, that's a bait and switch. We'll see how the uh, sales do after that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see that. Since then, it has shown up in more than 20 films and made countless appearances in ever-growing number of paranormal-themed TV shows. Forums around Ouija-associated phenomena populate the internet, of course. Most recently, the 2014 movie Ouija did so well at the box office that Ouija 2 is already in the works. This, this article was written in 2013, by the way. Interesting ah. to note... No, it wasn't. It was written in 2014. Interesting to note, Ouija 2 is infinitely better than Ouija 1. Anyway, there you go. when it was released last fall, the movie so dramatically boosted board sales. Okay, evidently not then, because the Ouija board is about a similar thing, and it's boosted board sales. Uh, the movie so dramatically boosted board sales that petitions by evangelical Christian groups to ban the Ouija started popping up again. Catholic.com, a lay-run Catholic apologetics and evangelization website, describes Ouija as far from harmless. Still... The most interesting thing about the Ouija board might be the latest research around it from University of British Columbia that shows it actually does work, just not the way we might assume. A few years ago, Sidney Fells, Professor of Electrical and Computing Engineering at UBC, brought a Ouija board at a Halloween party attended by graduate students, including many who were foreign-born and unfamiliar with how it works. They assumed it required batteries. No, you don't need batteries, it will move, I told them, Fell recalls. I gave them some mystical explanation tied into Halloween, and they had a good laugh. But lo and behold, when Fells returned later, the grad students were enthralled because the planchette was moving on its own, or so it appeared. The mechanism at work was actually something known as the ideomotor effect, which refers to the influence of the unconscious mind on muscle movements, first identified in 1852 preceding Sigmund Freud's theory of the unconscious mind by decades. Dr. William Benjamin Carpenter discovered the ideomotor effect while investigating the unconscious mind ability to direct motor activity. Shortly thereafter, other researchers began linking that discovery to, you guessed it, spiritual phenomena. Days later, still fascinated by the students' experiences, Fells shared the story with colleague Ron Rensink, a psychologist and computer science professor 
and that got the ball rolling about whether the board could serve as a tool to look at unconscious knowledge. We didn't know if we would find anything, but when we did, the results really surprised us, Fell says. When study participants were asked to answer or guess at a set of challenging questions, they were correct about 50% of the time, but when responding while using the board, which participants believed had the ability to receive correct answers from another person teleconferencing via a robot Ouija partner, they scored correctly upwards of 65%. In actuality, the robot was a ruse. It was not responding to the video conferencing player, but subtly amplifying the study participants' tiny unconscious movements. It was significant how much better they did on these questions, Renting says. If you don't think so... Consider the difference playing roulette when the odds are 50-50 versus 65-35. The implication is that one's unconscious is much smarter than anyone knew, capable of pulling up bits of stored information not accessible to the conscious mind. That's really fucking interesting. Mm. Results in a follow-up study replicated the findings, which they reported in the academic journal Consciousness and Cognition. Rensink believes the results open greater possibilities for further study. For example, is unconscious memory affected by Alzheimer's and other neurodivergent diseases in the same way as conscious memory? It's work that William Fould, the guy who fell from the factory roof and is considered the father of the Ouija, he was also a state delegate and philanthropist, would probably appreciate. When asked directly by a reporter if he believed in the Ouija's mystical powers... He replied, I should say not. I'm no spiritualist. I'm a pre-Biterian. Presbyterian? Don't know what that is. The discovery of the Ouija's ability to tap into unconscious knowledge is not the only development in the talking board's 125-year-old history. However, the reconciliation of William Fould's family with his brother Isaac's clan after nearly a century of silence is another compelling occurrence. The two sides had long lost contact until Murch began posting his research on the web nearly two decades ago. That's when Stuart Fould, the then 60-something grandson of Isaac Fould and Cathy Fould, the granddaughter of William Fould, separately reached out to Murch in hopes of learning more about their ancestors. I was talking to each one individually at first without the other knowing it, Murch recalls. I was aware of the feud and didn't want to upset either one, but then Kathy called one night and asked for Stuart's phone number. It turned out we were living five miles apart while growing up and didn't know it, says Kathleen. The two sides of the family, which now include great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren of the brothers, have been getting together regularly ever since. While some of the descendants did hold on to Ouija and other talking board memorabilia, Isaac later attempted to launch a talking board competitor named the Oriole Board. No one apparently ever took a serious spiritual interest in Ouija. Not even when they were kids. Not me, says Kathleen, chuckling. I was a good Irish Catholic girl. I had eight cousins who were nuns. Jesus. She adds, however, that Stuart did take a great deal of interest in learning about his grandfather and ancestors as well as the history of the former family business, if not the surrounding mysticism, especially as he got older. I'll tell you a funny story, she says. We went up to the Poconos for a golfing trip one year, and there was a conference of priests taking place at the hotel where we stayed. I I don't remember why or how it came up, but Stuart ends up telling a group of priests we're talking with that his family once made the Ouija board. 
All the priests immediately started making little crosses with their fingers, Fuld continues. They started asking Stuart all kinds of questions. They wanted to know the whole story and got the biggest kick out of that. Even better, the priests invited the couple to take advantage of the conference's complimentary evening cocktail parties for the weekend, which they did. But it didn't matter, she adds. Every time we saw those priests in the elevator or wherever, they'd start making those crosses with the fingers. There we go. So, an interesting uh, look into the history of the Ouija board there. I guess, you know, it's it's... It's very interesting that actually the origin of the Ouija board isn't the origin of the Ouija board because they literally stole the idea of the talking board from someone else yeah, and then got the patent. Uh, but then I wonder how many times in history that has happened, you know? Oh, yeah, so many. So, so many. But it's still... Even, like, even down to, like, you just have a conversation, like, I can imagine people who back then, like, in a saloon or something. Just, yeah. I've got this uh, great idea... Someone overhears it and is like, I'm taking that across America. Right, I'm go I'm not gonna do it here. I'm gonna go somewhere else. I'm gonna register the patent. Unlucky. Uh, the amount of times that must happen is just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But the person that did it cashed out too soon, apparently. That's it. That's it. But I I you know, this is evidently a multi, multi million dollar business still to this day and um yeah very i mean it's a very interesting you know it is it is an interesting tool there's no doubt about it but i don't know i've just been dis like i said just been disenfranchised by it the last the last few few times you know but then that's not to say like maybe this you know maybe this does work and then maybe it just doesn't work every single time yeah i feel like the idea of what's meant to happen with a Ouija board is really cool. Yeah. I just feel like all, all the ones I've ever been involved in have just been absolutely pants. Like yeah. Nothing has really happened. Um, and I, I just feel like for me, this it kind of puts a bit of a dampener on in, investigation. As soon as we like get the Ouija board out, it's like, oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's that's already it. that, that feeling that yeah. nothing's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Which is quite. A, which then, if there isn't anything to it other than subconscious pushing, yeah, that would also explain why nothing happens because we are yeah. like, oh fucking, here we go, right? It's gonna be a boring forty-five minutes. It's probably not even gonna make it into the video. Yeah. So because you, but that you know, but does that then reveal the truth of the Ouija board? Who knows? But at the same time. Oh, I don't know. Because I've had the idea, haven't I? Like, fuck it, I'll just burn one. Because you're <laughs> yeah. really not meant to do that. And, I, and I, I am slightly apprehensive about that. But at the same time, I do... See, I think of many different things. I think, like, okay, if this shit is all... You know, if, if the Ouija board is legit and you're not meant to fucking burn that thing, and I burn it... Yeah. What's going to happen? Like, you know, is shit going to kick off? And then, oh, my God, well, that's what we're there to do. That's what we're there to find out. Yeah, and I'm not being funny. The only well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll be putting you guys at risk as well. But the only person I'm really putting at risk is myself and my soul. And that's on that's that's my decision, isn't it? You know, it's a selfless act, really. You know, it is the research. Whereas the comments the would be like, "What are you doing, you fool?" 
But it's like, well, you want I wanted to, to see if this shit was real. I've just burnt it. The house has come alive. I've just had a table thrown at me. And I'm now being dragged down into hell. And my body is possessed. And the possessed body is now massacring my team. But we proved that it's real. That's as long as someone though. survives to edit it. <laughs> that was a real sneeze. As opposed to fake sneezes. But yeah, it's just, it's very interesting, isn't it? Very, very interesting. Yeah, it's also like, from a human standpoint like the two families not or two sides of the family not speaking to each other for over a hundred years because of disagreement about the Ouija board yeah I mean, why did, but why was the brother cut out what was the yeah I didn't say did it didn't know but yeah I don't know it's a spooky one it is it is spooky and uh, you know let us know down in the comments what your thoughts are on Ouija boards you know do you think they're all a load of baloney do you think they're legit and you're terrified of them and you wouldn't fuck with them? Do you think I should set fire to one? Do you think I shouldn't? These are the burning questions that the world wants answered. You That's know? it. So, yeah. But as a little uh, a little trip down the history of the Ouija board, if there's anything else you'd like us to look into the history of, please do let us know. Basically, right, I'm just going to let you in on the little behind the scenes here. So the Thursday show idea was for me and Loz to look into paranormal news that's happened in the last seven days, right? Now, unless our investigative research skills are not very good, can't find fucking anything, really. So this is just going to... Unless we do find a way to like, there's like a resource out there that just shows everything that's happened, reported paranormal in the week, in the last week. Maybe there's just not enough happens. But maybe what we're going to do is, you know, this will just be a bonus show. You know, it's just a bonus show because me and Lozzie are available on a Thursday because we set that side, that time aside for Atma. So we're about, so we thought we'd get an extra drip episode in, which I hope that you guys appreciate and, and, and enjoy. That's the main thing, that you guys enjoy it. So, yeah, this was supposed to kind of be a weekly news thing, um, but I can't really find weekly news. So we're doing the history of stuff. But, yeah, we can, we'll can. we do all sorts. What, what did we do last week? Was it the alien abductions last week? Uh, we did the what the, photo, the, the possessed photo of uh, painting. Um, oh, that's it. The three yeah. The three stories, didn't we? Yeah, the cave, the haunted cave. Uh, and what was the first one we did? The lady who was divorced a ghost. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And then the week before that, we did alien abduction stories. And then the week before yeah. that, we did uh, what happened to the woman that was on the plane. Yeah. Which, that, you know, that could be something that we can look into. Maybe we'll, we'll go more down the route of looking back at viral paranormal things. Yeah. That could be something that we could potentially do, yeah. yeah. But we'll figure it out. But give us suggestions, guys. Give us suggestions. Come over to the Patreon and um, comment some suggestions or comment down below here at YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're watching this. Or if you're listening on podcast platforms, um, then email dudyrhino at gmail.com or dudystories at gmail.com, all right? But, yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. 
I hope that you enjoyed. Lozzie, thanks again for your time. We now know the history of the Ouija board, and I'm no closer to being convinced by them. But it's good. I think I have a healthy level of scepticism with this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like I've had paranormal experiences now. I've had them. So I have a deeper belief in all this. But just because you know that there is something doesn't mean that everything under that yeah. umbrella is real. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, fucking hell, I'm not going to get to the point where every creak that I hear in a fucking ha abandoned building or haunted house is going to be like, oh, it's a fucking ghost. You know, because if I ever get to that point, just shoot me. Because <laughs> I hate that shit. Like, you need a healthy level of skepticism. You do. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you very soon. Next Tuesday, to be precise. Bye. See ya.